0: hey everyone i'm Hello. hannah this is kelty we're upbringing what's well, echoing in here a lot i'm just noticing because <laughs> we're here we are in our office for our weekly bi-monthly q a um talking about the hard stuff why it's the good stuff and i'm just noticing our rugs aren't down we've been redoing our mm. office so much has been going on in our lives right now Um, I'm just getting my bearings, but we're happy to be here Yeah, it feels good. Let us know what's going on with you. We usually start these off with a Q and a, and we also fill you in on what's been going on with us a little bit, what Mm -hmm. we're excited, um, that we've been working on lately. For those of you who are here live, feel free to type into the chat. What's going on with you? What's been the hardest lately? With your sensitive and strong-willed kids, yeah. big feelings and challenging behaviors. I know there's a lot of back-to-school angst for some people, um, a lot of resistance around transitions, that kind of thing. A lot of new babies being born always creates some, some ripples in our homes um, and in our relationships. Let us know what's, what's feeling like the hardest lately, and we will get to that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk quickly about our new free guide. Check out our website. You can get it there, the Show Up and Grow Up guide, where we talk about 10 beliefs, that are really, really helpful in building relationship and building skills alongside our kids. They're helpful to print out, hand to your partner, hand to your mother-in-law, caregiver, say these are the values we're really working on in our parenting. They're kind of the foundational aspects, the place to start that can help Mm -hmm. influence our beliefs and our thoughts. And then that influences how we show up in these moments with our Mm -hmm. kids that are really tricky. I think a lot of parenting things out there in books, they say, just say this or just do this. Mm -hmm. And I think so much about it makes us question, well, why? That feels really weird or I don't understand or that seems Mm -hmm. permissive. And so this guide really gets to the fundamental beliefs and it reframes a lot of our instinctual and cultural beliefs that are unhelpful and that are not based in child development. Mm -hmm. So that's why I got really excited about it because it was, Mm -hmm. it helped us reframe and remember for those of us who are working against this actively to say, I Mm -hmm. want to be parenting a different way. I want to be showing up a different way with my kids. And then it can also help not prove it to other people, but help them understand and reframe it at their uh, kind of timetable a little bit as well. Yeah. One of those main beliefs we'll be talking about later today through all of this kind of live Q and a with you all. It's so nice seeing all these people coming in. Yeah. welcome. Welcome. So we also wanna mention briefly, this is our launch month for our Show Up and Grow Up Club, coaching and community membership. So that's coming up, we're really excited. We've been working really hard on it. It's gonna be our new hub, our new place for all of us to gather, to support, to build skills, um, to get that connection with like-minded parents, parents who also struggle through the day like all of us do, but are working on it, who wanna build the skills, who wanna find more joy through those hard moments, who wanna feel connected to their kids, in challenges and in and then conflicts. who also need that support from us with mm-hmm. weekly coaching and also want that support and camaraderie ship with other parents mm-hmm. from across the world. So that's the idea behind this upcoming Show Up and Grow Up Club. So you're gonna be hearing a lot more about it. We're really excited about it. It's coming mm-hmm. in just a couple weeks. Is camaraderieship um, a word? I don't I like know. It. I kind of just need <laughs> it. <laughs> I like it though. Uh camaraderie ishness. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um the reframe that we're talking about from the guide that we were mentioning earlier. That we're kind of basing this session on. So as you're coming in here, let us know what's going on with you mm-hmm. and your family, a few people, the challenges. In. Great. And we can talk about those from this framework mm-hmm. of, um, is our goal and our role as parents to advise our kids or is it to ally with our kids mm-hmm. when shit goes down, when stuff is really hard, mm-hmm. how do we want to be showing up in these moments? Right. What is our yeah. instinct usually? I right? think our instinct usually is that our primary duty is to kind of explicitly teach our kids mm. how to move through the world. Right. And that's where the advising role comes in. Yeah. And I think somebody coined this in one of our show up and grow up, small group coaching groups. He was like, I feel like I'm constantly the bummer police mm. and I have to constantly say, no, this isn't how it is. No, that's not how you do Telling it. You again. No, that's not reality. Yeah. And I just feel like I'm just like, I need a shirt that just says bummer police. Cause it, and it just feels like crap. I don't know if any of you ever feel like that, where you're just always the one giving the reality, giving the reminders, shutting it down, telling them no, Mm -hmm. it's not fun for us to do. And it's definitely not fun or always that easy for our kids to hear. My kids certainly don't do well with that type of, uh, of support. Yeah. I mean, I don't do well with that type of support. Mm -hmm. I think that when you think of it from an adult standpoint, when I'm struggling with something, I'm cranky or I want something I can't Mm -hmm. have. I would like Kelsey, my twin sister, my bestie, my work per- person, right? Mm-hmm. To not show up as uh, an adversary advising me, being like, well, Hannah, let me tell you how you this You know, works. you already have two pairs of those types of shoes. <laughs> right. You don't need to buy those. You've already spent too much money. That's right. not realistic or... That's not how you talk to people at a party. You were like way overzealous. You probably I, shouldn't come on that, that strong That would with just people. make me feel alone, <laughs> mad, frustrated, confused, mm-hmm. and maybe even just want to project some of that confusion and anger onto Kelty, who's clearly not helping. Mm-hmm. That's the role that we often show up with automatically automatically with our kids is advisement as Mm -hmm. as like advising staff. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if they ask us, Hey, could you give me some advice on that? We can show up in that role. Mm -hmm. But very often when they're already struggling, that's not the person they need. Mm -hmm. I'm when I'm struggling, I need an ally. I need someone who's Mm -hmm. on my side, who's not giving me everything I want but who's showing me that it's okay to feel the way I'm feeling mm-hmm. and that I'm not alone and that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's how Kelty shows up so often for me. And that's how I would like to try to show up with my kids as often as I can. I didn't yesterday very well. You didn't. No, no. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay. But I think that that's, that's a, a, yeah. a great point too, is we can't always be that person for our kids. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we're too compromised. Our threshold is too low um, to be that kind of neutral, what we call sensitive support staff, that ally with our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, When they're struggling, when they're resisting, when they're angry or upset or um, pushing buttons Mm -hmm. or testing or doing any of those things, sometimes we we think, I just got to shut this shit down. I've got to advise them why this is not okay or not, you know, appropriate or whatever it is. Or or we're triggered in the moment or it's Mm -hmm. feeling chronic and we've been dealing with this all day. But I think that the the idea behind this, Mm -hmm. this reframe that's in our guide that I pulled up right here, this Mm -hmm. is reframe number four, right? We can bravely work to believe that our primary job is to ally our kids will learn many places and over time how to behave maturely, allowing us to prioritize the critical process of better knowing themselves first, which we call self-awareness. So mm-hmm. instead of focusing on what, what the reality is, what they should do, what they shouldn't have done, mm-hmm. we are gonna focus as an ally on their needs. What are the needs underneath and them in our relationship. So thinking everybody, gosh, when, when do I show up and advise my child? How does that work? How does that feel for me? How does it work with them and us? Mm-hmm. And when do, when am I able to show up as an ally and say, gosh, that's hard. Mm, I wish to, mm-hmm. right? We talk a lot in our community, our upcoming community about mm-hmm. how to actually go about those things. But if any of you can think of anything where you're like, damn it, I'm showing up as an advisor instead of an ally, right? Mm-hmm. I'm advising and lecturing and reminding mm-hmm. instead of acknowledging and getting curious and validating my child. Mm-hmm. We could talk that out with you. One uh, person did mention nine-year-old temper tantrums help. Oh yeah, yeah, that's so tricky. Yeah, want to share anything specific about what's going on or what might mm. be precipitating? I those. always wonder. Yeah, what yeah. what is um aside from the the meltdown itself? What uh, what came before the meltdown? Remembering right, that's something mm-hmm. else we discuss in our in our guide. That free guide that you can find at upbringing.co is the belief that. All of our kids' behaviors are not what we've been conditioned to believe unhelpful, unnecessary, worrisome, bad, bad, but that they're actually reframed to be valuable, important, critical, normal, natural, necessary things that our kids are showing us. Mm -hmm. So if your nine-year-old is melting down a lot, the question would be why, right? Mm -hmm. Before we say put a judgment on it or we say what to do about it. I think we've got to get to the root cause of that mm-hmm. tantrum and saying, why, why is my kid struggling more than usual lately? Yeah. What's going on? What's at play? Yeah, I like to say without knowing any specifics, we can kind of uh, testify to why any of us struggles or has meltdowns, which is yeah. stress compounding stress, um, mm-hmm. both logistically, emotionally, physically, stress stored in the body, you know, <sighs> yeah. kind of, um, environmental stressors. It could be just the stress from a full day of holding it together through school through all the hoops that a, a normal day can, can um, throw at ya. I think also with a nine-year-old, a lot of folks we work with have had, experienced a child through their younger years that's mm-hmm. a little bit more flexible, easygoing, lets out little bits of emotions here or there. But then once they start getting to the age of eight, seven, eight, nine, 10, all of a sudden the meltdowns become massive. And a huge mm-hmm. reason is very often because the demands become massive on eight, nine, and 10 year olds mm-hmm. for sure, which raises their stress level through school, through sports, through friends. But I think also that seven, year olds, older kids hold it in. They're not kind of off gassing their stress like mm-hmm. little kids are during the day. They're not seeing us and getting that, that co-regulation, that connection as often. Mm-hmm. So their stressors pile up, pile up, pile mm-hmm. up. And then they explode more massively because they've been basically dormant within that child for a little bit longer than a younger child. Yeah. I like that you kind of point out to the fact that when our kids get to a certain age, sometimes it's four, or five, sometimes it's eight, nine, ten, we think they're fine. They're so much more self-sufficient. They just go and do their thing, they go to their room, they're fine. As opposed to like when we had a two-year-old, we're like, gotta get their body moving, gotta get them to the park, make sure mm-hmm. they're fed, make sure they got the snuggles. Make sure they've got all of these things. And and once they get get to a certain age, we kind of forget that our nine-year-olds still need snuggles, Mm -hmm. love, eye connection, body squeezes, nervous system integration, climbing, pulling, swinging, falling, rolling. In whatever way we can, with that that mm-hmm. nine year old and our relationship with them, like yeah. I think very often when that physical um, kind of proximity lessens as our kids get older, we kind of forget that that emotional tether still needs to be there mm-hmm. in certain ways. It's, it's hard. It's like we, yeah. we're just, keep, just keeping catching up. And I think those are the yeah. questions that we ask when when someone in our community in our show up and grow up. Small group coaching or upcoming coaching and community membership asks us, like, what do I do with these tantrums? And I think that we say, we go back to the beginning. We say, how's their stress level? How's their um, kind of nervous system integration input during the day? How's your, your connection with them? How how much agency and freedom do they have in making choices through their day? How much are they kind of in the loop on what's going on? Or are you just kind of moving them through stuff and being like, hey, time to this, hey, time to that? All of these things can kind of, like you said, Hannah, pile up a little bit and then their brain gets to a certain point where the capacity to meet the expectations of the world around them cannot happen Mm -hmm. and they just explode. Yeah, the the person said that she's so angry she just wants to scream. She says she's so angry she wants to scream. Usually it has to do with not getting exactly what she wants. Big reactions to family members and siblings, yeah, and those big reactions Uh, happen to family members and siblings because it's a safe place to do so chosen and lucky she's off gassing (laughs) stress from school from friends from sports from life from Mm -hmm. a summer from anything to these safe people in these safe places and sometimes it it comes out like i didn't get that last cookie and you ate it or Mm -hmm. she grabbed the remote controller that i like first Mm -hmm. and it it just it's The straw that broke the camel's back Mm -hmm. yeah and then the urge to scream i love that she's saying she wants to scream she's noticing what's in her body the stress she wants to get out and so again this is a perfect opportunity back to that free guide we're talking about Mm -hmm. free frame number four which we're bringing up today is wanting to be uh wanting to ally with our kids instead of advise them in these moments so i think very often when our nine-year-old's having these huge outbursts and wanting to scream we want to advise them it's rude. It's disruptive Too loud. It's, I mean, I'll advise you that you could go into your room to do that. I'll advise you that da, 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 if da. you just wait your turn, then you'll right. get it later. Or you can't always have everything you want. Mm-hmm. And so again, we're using our brains there instead of getting into the body and getting into the connection and the relationship, mm-hmm. which is so understandable. Mm-hmm. And so remembering how would an ally work when our, our nine-year-old is wanting to scream at uh, perceived injustice And just massive amounts of maybe accumulated stress in her body. We'll talk about about how how that allyship can happen in the moment and how that allyship can happen outside the moment Mm -hmm. right after a big quote unquote tantrum or blow up. And before the The next next one, one, right. And so allying in the moment is really just Mm deescalating and staying as calm as we can ourselves, not making it worse, essentially. Right. And if we need to go and take a break, if we need to tell other siblings or other family members, if you need a little space, you can go in here. Maybe we'll just give her some space. Give Give her some some space, right? Or maybe she is wanting to scream, but maybe she wants to talk it out longer, figuring Mm -hmm. out what are her needs in that moment? Is it quiet? Is it space? Is it, um, Engagement. engagement a little bit? What is it that's going to support her in that moment so that she doesn't get everything she wants, but she's Mm -hmm. able to be attended to emotionally. Right. I think it's easy in those moments, especially with a nine year old, let alone like five year old, two year old, we think I just need to advise them speaking of Mm -hmm. which to express their feelings in a more adaptive way. So just use your words or be calm. You don't have to throw things. You don't have to hit. You don't have to name call. Find a way that basically triggers me less as the parent <laughs> to get your feelings out. And I just want to remind everyone who's listening right now, every single way our kids get their feelings out is perfect. Right. And if they could get their feelings out in a more socially adaptable way, mm-hmm. they would. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they do, but mm-hmm. if they're not doing it, it's because they can't, not mm-hmm. because they will But that's the advisement that, yeah. that I always think of it, it happening in the moment is... We go straight into, how can you express this in a different way? We go to teach, which, which is literally the last thing that anybody who's struggling needs to hear. Right, Because I mean, what would that, what would the nine-year-old hear? What have I heard before? Mm-hmm. You're too much. Your needs don't matter. I don't like the way this looks. You're so being dramatic. That's the most important thing. Rude. Label, 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 right. judge, judge. Again, judge. I'm advising you there's distance between us rather than saying, how can we get close to this person? How can we ally with them and say, you wanted that. You're angry right now. You want mm-hmm. to scream? Where would be a good place? You want to hit something? Let's let's hit. The, Where would outside? be a good place to hit yeah. something, right? Or let me move these and, things out of the way. You're wanting to hit and kick right now. Right. And if you were, it's a little tricky to control the nine-year-old who's upset. Let's figure out ways for people to set their own personal boundaries and find safety or space themselves. Mm-hmm. And then that was in the moment. And then outside the moment with our nine-year-old, we mm-hmm. can say, ah, oh, sometimes the feelings just Pile up. What I was thinking about this morning oh when you were gotten into that little tangle with your siblings and you just wanted to scream and, yeah. and you did. And some of us were able to support you and some of us kind of weren't and we made it worse. And I'm really sorry that happened. Mm-hmm. And then just wait. Yeah. And we say, how, what was it like for you? Maybe they want to open up and talk about it. Then you say something instead of the grill back, which we all grew up with, we again uh, advising, advising what we used to get, which is so next time, how are you going to make a different choice or Next time you probably should what fill in the blank, or I hope that you'll be a little quieter and more thoughtful to your siblings next time, or you can't scream inside. I just want to remind you, you can scream outside. So here's the limit, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of those, we're going to say, how can I support you better next time? Hi, friend. dog came in. How can I support you better? What can we do? When you've got all this stress in your body and it's just coming out right. over. There's nothing to be shaking over. Over the remote control, over the snack, over so and so being too loud or touching you too much or being too close. Or over a long day. So, what can mm-hmm. we do uh, to help you purge your stress after you get home from school when it wants to all come out? Mm-hmm. And then, what can we do in those moments when you're, okay, it's struggling, it's struggle time. Mm-hmm. How can I support you? And that's the ongoing conversation that we mm-hmm. have with our kids. Yeah. And if, if that's a new conversation, that might be met with a lot of quiet after. Maybe she doesn't want to get into it or muse about it or doesn't feel comfortable connecting, and we can just muse those things out ourselves. Uh, This parent said she is very cerebral and I do find myself trying to logic my way. Yeah, the older our kids are, the more we think we can just explain things, right? Mm -hmm. After the tornado, she doesn't acknowledge a repair, and this makes siblings resentful, and now it feels like a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, so much about this is working with the siblings also, mm-hmm. right, and saying, oh my gosh, she she's not ready to to repair. Maybe mm-hmm. she feels shameful for how she behaved. Mm-hmm. Maybe she feels embarrassed about it, mm-hmm. you know? And so I wanna make sure, hi, Amy, that we wanna not, you know, make her feel shameful for what happened. And then we can also talk to the siblings and say, she has been experiencing a lot, maybe some hormones, maybe some things Mm -hmm. going on. My daughter is going through early puberty and she's eight and a half. So her emotions have been super high, super low, Mm -hmm. super high with lots of outbursts that just leave us being like, what the hell just happened? Mm -hmm. So I've had to do a lot of work with her younger brother to normalize that and not normalize. Like you can get treated like shit all the time and that's okay. But to normalize and say, this isn't about you. This mm-hmm. is about her and what she's experiencing. And if you're around her when she's struggling and you don't like it, mm-hmm. it's not that she doesn't love you. It's that she's struggling to, to hold herself together right now. So you can go to your room. You can go yeah. play. You can come to one of us, mm-hmm. right? This yeah. is okay. We talk about this in our sibling conflict guide, and it's mm-hmm. going to be a really big topic in our show up and grow up club, yeah. uh, which is launching this month. Just about how to be that kind of in between person between sibling conflict without being that in between person. We don't want to be the referee, the hall monitor, the judge, the jury, the referee, the <laughs> advisor. We don't, we don't want to be those people. We can, we can be the calm mediator that says to everyone, "Normal, normal. Okay, okay. Safe, safe. Safe, safe. Personal boundaries. Personal boundaries." process, process, safe, safe, right. safe. And when we're making this all safe, right, which feels really counterintuitive, it feels so unsafe. <laughs> it really does based on how we were raised. When we make conflict and challenges and unmet needs safe, our kids learn how to work on them. They learn how to stay at the table and get curious about their own needs and other people's needs, right? That's how they learn how to stay and do the work rather than run away and feel shameful or run away and point fingers and blame, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I and think it's I- okay if your daughter isn't isn't into repairing, mm-hmm. that's okay. I think a lot of our job as that sensitive support staff between our kids is to repair, not for them. I'm sure she's so sorry. She, she just, she's sorry, but she can't say it. But more to say, gosh, what was she going through? Doing a little perspective taking, mm-hmm. giving a little empathy. And to our siblings too, that must have been hard. She really wigged out that was like, I was so surprised. Were you surprised? Yeah. How are yeah. you doing when that happens? Oh. Like not saying that, that they should be upset or that they were harmed, mm-hmm. but just leaving it up for them to describe their, their experience and solving was. that neutral space. Yeah. That was really tricky. We were all sitting in it and we didn't know, should we leave? Should we stay with her? Yeah. You wanted to just watch TV and get on with the day. And she just dug in about that remote and she screamed yeah. and that was hard. That must've been tough for yeah. you. Yeah. I, wonder what, and then I wonder what she was going through. Do you think that, that extra you know, horseback riding lesson after school is just making her a little stressed out? Do you know anything going right. on with her? And mm. we're basically filling in for her until she can do that. So we're normalizing that kind of repair conversation with the sibling so that they feel normal in hearing what a person went through. And then we're imagining what a person went through and then explaining how they felt and what they needed in the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's all really good and it's going to keep going and keep building. Yeah. It's the yeah. kind of thing that helps us when we're driving and someone like speeds by and cuts us off. Instead of thinking, asshole, we can think really late, got up too too late, needed to get somewhere on time, right? Really and, struggling and today. And then we just kind of drive feeling a little bit cooler. Mm-hmm. I do at least. Katie, Katie, hello Katie, mentioned, I've noticed it's hard to dress my four-year-old if she's dysregulated. If I start to notice the meltdown coming in the morning, tips for calming her before it hits? Mm. Oh Yeah. Gosh, I mean, mornings are so tricky. I feel like that's that's the first thing we <laughs> used to talk about in our small group coaching, which is eventually going to be our membership community, our show up and grow up club, for those of you who are just coming in here to the Instagram mm-hmm. live. But I think morning transitions are like, the bane of Of a (laughs) horse. They're so hard and they put so much stress on our kids and on us. Mm -hmm. And even if we don't have a tricky morning transition with having to get out the door at a particular time Mm -hmm. with certain demands on their bodies, like getting dressed, Mm -hmm. brushing teeth and hair, eating breakfast, doing certain tasks, which is a lot. A lot of kids wake up and they struggle to basically equilibrate to the world. Acclimate. Acclimate. They may be tricky to to fall asleep. It might take them longer with a lot bigger feelings and they might wake up a little bit crankier, quote unquote, or struggle to kind of acclimate in the morning also. Mm-hmm. So I love that Katie's noticing with her daughter that she struggles and her body's dysregulated. Basically her input, the way she's experiencing the world doesn't feel good to her body, right? Mm-hmm. And then putting clothes onto that four-year-old body mm-hmm. feels really uncomfortable and a meltdown kind of ensues. And so I think so much about this is saying what can we mitigate? What can we avoid in terms of getting her her nervous system needs met in the morning so that they don't the stressors don't ramp up causing a meltdown? But then what other ways can we do it to basically kind of be getting that stress out in a really healthy way that it doesn't build up? Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of parents we think, don't want to like push it down. A lot of parents think like, Okay, my child just had eleven hours of rest. They should be good to go. And a lot of kids do wake up and they're like oh okay Dave let's go do this let's get this done and a lot of kids wake up like my mm-hmm. kids like angry zombie attack and struggle in the morning they're up early and they're cranky and they're mad and everything's wrong and I'm not going here and I'm not doing this and I'm gonna ruin this whole day at 7 a.m starting mm-hmm. right now yeah. and I think it's really hard for a lot of us to recognize that this is literally our children's nervous systems mm-hmm. speaking Right. Right. And it comes out in all these sideways ways. That's really hard. And this is part of our work, just like at bedtime, connecting our kids to their nervous system and their body Mm -hmm. needs and their signals. Morning time and transitions are the same. And we don't want to be bypassing what their body is saying it's needing. Right. And I think so easily in those mornings back to our reframe that we're talking about from our free guide. We usually go into advise mode in the morning. So we're saying it's almost eight o'clock. You need to get mm-hmm. your dress. We well, need to do these we're things. We're running late. Right. And time instead of is. saying, how can I be an ally with my child in the morning? And so Katie, I know you're trying to be an ally. And that's why you're asking this and saying, well, how can I support her? Mm-hmm. And I think so much about it is observing her signals and her behaviors in the morning and saying, first of all, what can I take off her plate to reduce mm-hmm. stressors? and then what is it that her body looks like it's needing is it needing more squeezes and cuddles Mm -hmm. is it needing lots of laughing to feel more regular is Is it needing longer clothing free time Mm -hmm. and so i think i like playing with the schedule idea too and Mm -hmm. saying often in our minds we have all this list of things that need to happen in the morning or before a transition dress teeth pee wash hands breakfast Mm -hmm. backpack shoes socks hat coat God, that's a long list of demands, yeah. right? And they basically become roadblocks. And those are our demands in our order. They're not yes. necessarily based on our child's um, rhythms, right? right? And so I love that yeah. you point to that, Hannah, about noticing if we just didn't say anything and sort of put these things out and around and we're there, then a little bit of a looser like on a the passy. weekend, mm-hmm. which things yeah. would they find in what order and yeah. when? And so I think that a four-year-old is old enough to, to problem solve with if noticed. Gosh, the last few mornings when we get dressed, right? When you get out of bed, it doesn't always go well. And I feel like I sense this brewing of emotions in you. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, and you like Hulk rip your shirt off. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just want to make sure we've got clothes on for school. And I don't want, I don't want to feel in conflict with you. Mm -hmm. What can we do? What can we do? So Mm -hmm. we're allying with our child. And so a lot of people we've worked with through our small group coaching, we problem solve through this stuff. Can we go to bed in our outfit for the next day? That really worked for my kids, mm-hmm. except they're hot sleepers and they like to be naked all the time. So that's, we've struggled with that a lot. Mm-hmm. Can we wait to put clothes on at the door? Can we wait to put clothes on in the car? Mm-hmm. Can we put some clothes on to get to the car and the rest before they walk into school? Right. Or maybe it's not that getting the clothes on time that a lot of our kids are sensory sensitive. So mm-hmm. it's really hard. Or they know that the clothes are right before they leave. So that, uh. that step is really tricky. It could also just be that time, it being the last step. If it wasn't putting clothes on, maybe it would be brushing teeth time and a meltdown would happen Mm -hmm. then too. So I think thinking about where's this meltdown coming from? Is it that they need more physical stuff? Is it they need more emotional connection? Mm -hmm. Is it that they need more agency? Is it they need more time, more flexibility? There's no right answer here. So much about this is using our powers of observation to say, what is my child showing me in these moments? And can we experiment a little bit? And can we be their buddy through that? Yeah. Right? Can we be playful putting the clothes on? Can we be slow putting the clothes on? I think it's easy in mornings to be rushy, rushy right. or wordy, wordy. Get dressed, hear the pants, put the clothes on. Mm-hmm. Can we literally bring the clothes over? Whether I usually do it when my kids are sitting eating because they're fucking happy when they're eating. <laughs> so they're sitting there and I just pull the pants out like this i just stick a little leg in one at a time. And this right. is when like you're, you're, you have an objective to get somewhere. <laughs> so why would you create a whole scene in your morning play for getting dressed? Well, that's putting a lot of pressure on them to say their lines and do the thing yeah. on stage instead of combining kind of. Yeah, I like that yeah. you bring up the whole stage element. That's a metaphor that we love talking about with our coaching um, folks in yeah. our show up and grow up new coaching community, mm-hmm. which is so fun, is saying, how do we share the stage and that allyship roll with our kids instead of being on there being the the director, the writer, the stage manager, the producer, the playwright, the lead, all of these things like we think we have to be in a parent to advise on everything. Exhausting. Can we be standing with our kids on a stage in an improv routine, which is actually what we are as a family? Mm -hmm. How can it feel democratic? How can we lob a line and see what they do with it? Mm -hmm. How can we mind something and show them something and see how they react and really be in relationship with them Mm -hmm. instead of be following scripts and working in our, our separate capacities Mm -hmm. or trying to control everything. Let's be honest, right? We have all the power and privilege in the parent child relationship and, and so much about our work here, upbringing, the community that we're building this, this membership club that's Mm -hmm. coming up, this guide that you're welcome to download for free on our website. All of this is about reimagining our power and our privilege and realizing it that our, our power doesn't mean we have permission to use it however we want, because we're all realizing it doesn't always go so well with our sensitive and spirited kids, right? Mm-hmm. Our power is privilege, So we have to consider how do we want to use this on a day-to-day basis? Can we challenge and rethink some of the beliefs we have about our kids? Can we let go a little and see what happens? Mm-hmm. Can we work behind the scenes? Can we get goofy in the moment? Can we lose our shit and then repair and normalize after Mm -hmm. that's the process and the practice that we love doing with you Mm -hmm. and that we're really excited about, um, doing it formally, officially, consistently, really, really soon. I wish we could stay longer and talk. Um, for those of you who have any other final questions, yeah, I have okay. to go. I wish we didn't. Someone mentioned, my dad is unwilling to hear me out. I'm 24 and he's 50. He's more emotionally immature than me. We're having a hard time with communication. So sorry. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think we that is a very common we can story. We all relate to we that. We all relate yeah. a lot to that, I think. Absolutely. And I think it's a it's a hard thing realizing that as a younger person, you might be a little bit more emotionally involved than older people and maybe then than your attachment you know, relationships or your parents, Mm -hmm. it's a really hard Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. I think something Mm -hmm. we talk so much about at upbringing, regardless of whether it's the parent-child relationship with us as a parent Mm -hmm. or the parent-child relationship with us as a child is that it's about needs, right? So what are our needs? What are their needs? Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily have to understand everything about us. That would be great. And that would feel really good. Mm -hmm. But what they do need to do is be told what our needs are like as in a boundary. So Mm -hmm. they may not understand why we want to do this or why we need this kind of communication, but they will maybe eventually learn. We don't answer our phones at this time, or we can't go over to their house when this, Yeah, but that's hard. This this, person said that their parent won't hear them out. Yeah, And I think that that's a really hard thing when they, when you're feeling shut out and like they can't even maturely engage in a, in a conversation that says to me that, like you said, that they're just not ready and that that's scary and intimidating to them, Mm -hmm. whatever the topic is. Yeah. I mean, we talk so much with kids saying it's not won't, it's can't, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not showing up the way we want them to at home because not because they're assholes or they don't love us or Mm -hmm. they're not growing. Right. It's just because their brains can't yet, Mm -hmm. which we always say. And I think a lot of times the same thing um, applies. Is, applies to mm-hmm. adults and, and even parents. Mm-hmm. It's not that they won't. They care about us. They're trying the hardest. If they could, they would. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're not hearing us out. They're not able to respond maturely. They're not able to meet our needs because mm-hmm. they can't. Yeah. And, and that's really hard, too. It's a really yeah. hard thing realizing when your parents can't meet your needs. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. And when yeah. they won't cop to it either. Oh man, yeah, so that's part of what's so healing about trying to make those changes through our own parenting. Whether we're parents ourselves, whether we're we're aunties, uncles, caregivers, friends um, of kids, mm-hmm. I think that it can be a healing practice to try to meet those little people's needs, or at least mm-hmm. have those needs conversations. Even just, just to become a aware. Way. Yeah, or even just to become aware of your own needs. Write mm-hmm. down on a piece of paper what you need from mm-hmm. your dad, even if he can't meet them. You know? It doesn't have to meet them for your needs to matter. They can just matter and exist on their own. Yeah. Right? Needs is the beginning of a lot of our conversations. Oh, yeah. Something you can Google too. Type in um NVC needs list. Nonviolent mm-hmm. communication needs list. And it's such a cool experiment because you think your need is like respect. And then you like keep drilling down more and more and more and you're like, safety. Stability like it's this huge list of needs yeah. and it really helps um, us in moments of conflict or um, disagreement with people yeah. in our lives, our kids as well, trying to figure out what are those base needs at play and then whatever are our, our, our personal strategies to get those needs met, mm-hmm. ones we can depend on other people for or ones that we have to just work on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Lauren, so excited for the new group coming up. We are too, Amy says thank you for this ladies can't explain how much i needed this today and on the cusp of my feral guy starting kindergarten tomorrow Vaughn, can't wait for the community we can't wait for you It's coming soon we can't wait to hear about it dms let us know how it goes we'll be thinking really really smooth uh yeah. calm thoughts someone however said, it goes thank you guys very eye-opening you bet someone said it's been wonderful to connect with you all even briefly today Aww. Yeah, Um, this is great. If you have any other questions, DM us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or reach out. Sign up for our membership pre-enrollment, which is available on Mm -hmm. our website at upbringing.co forward slash join, I believe. Yeah. Basically just puts you in the loop to to get information for the big launch in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. All right, everyone, you're doing an amazing job. You're (laughs) sticking with it. You're you're doing the work. (laughs) You're doing it. You should be proud of yourself. We're proud of you. We're grateful to be showing up and growing up alongside you. Thanks for practicing with us. Yeah. All right. We'll see you on, what is it, Tuesday? Mm -hmm. We'll be back soon. Tomorrow. Next day. Sunday. Soon. (laughs) Bye.